Welcome to Encounter. In today's episode, we'll be talking about missionary trips both locally and abroad with a special guest, Angelica Ortiz. Join us as we encounter Christ, encounter culture, and encounter each other. Hey everyone, and welcome to Encounter. We have a cool guest with us this week, a student who used to be at the high school when I was there, who is now a full-grown adult, Angelica <laughs> Ortiz. Uh, so it's Joe Cole, Adam, and Angelica. And we have we were trying to find someone um, that would talk about missions, because Joe has a lot of experience in missionary work and overseas. I have a very small amount, and um, Cole has a pretty small amount. So and we were looking for another person that could contribute in a way that would be productive to the conversation. And we were at our Bible study like two weeks ago mm-hmm. and Angelica pulled up and was, I was like, podcast, you know, before I even said hello. So <laughs> uh, she's here willingly or unwillingly. And welcome. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. All right. So just to, to get us going, what is your favorite worship song right oh, now? Yeah. From the, okay. Oh, my favorite, favorite worship, worship song. song. Probably Champion by Maverick City. Nice. Champion by Maverick City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Brandon so, Lake version. The Brandon Lake version. Yes. One, yeah. Yes. All right. So also the Dante Bo does one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah I have heard that one. Is it like a 19 minute song? Yeah. I, nice. I don't think Maverick City makes any yeah. songs under the under 12 minutes. They just, I, they just, I just don't think so. I, that's nice. They they only I only make it to like five or six minutes into most of the songs though before I like get out of my truck, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What's um the the one that you showed to me a long time ago has now just become my favorite. The blood is still the blood. The blood is still the blood. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the bridge. Yeah. Who's that by? Maverick City. City. Okay, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, the, it's they good. came out with like a five, five or six, five, five, five song album. It's like blue. Are they like twenty five minutes? <laughs> no, yeah. oh, they're actually Jubilee. Not, I have Jubilee's seen that, on album. that album. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's blue and has like red and. It's like a door or something. Orange. Some kind of door. Is it a door? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, I think it's just because, I, I mean, I ask most people who listen to worship music, the reason why they're, them? why they're, they like them a lot is just because they're a little bit different than most of them been coming out for the past decade. Yeah. But I got to tell you right now, I'm, I'm already annoyed that every other team, worship team is like making songs just like them now. Like they're emulating their style. They're emulating their style. It's like, can't they just be unique? But like, then be their, unique. That's so what, true. Their style, isn't it just like, I mean, it's, just it's like more spontaneous like, worship. They mm. just like stand yeah, there but and at the same, sing forever. But yeah. at the same time, they do have a, like, they use organs. Like there's, yeah, that is there's true. drums, but they're light in the back. It's not built yeah. around the drums. It's not, it's more, yeah, there's no electric. It's more acoustic. It's more like gospel. Contemporary. Yeah, it's more gospel. It's, it's like a fusion between gospel and contemporary. Yeah, and like that they, is they pretty true. much built that bridge. I think it's also majorly inspired by where they are too. They're in Atlanta, Georgia, so that's like oh yeah, the so, heart of yeah. the South, right there. Yeah. You know, gospel's yeah. big down there. True. Yeah, and their music videos are really cool. That makes mm-hmm. me like them more, especially when even Elevation. Like, I don't love the song until I see it performed live. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's when you get to see like the emotion and the heart behind yeah. it. Yeah. Same with Maverick City. Their music videos are so stinking cool. Like, yeah. There's like everybody's around them and they're singing yeah, around the piano. Yeah, that's so true. See, and, and that's that. Like when Maverick City first came out, it was so unique to me, and it was like. It, Every song, because they started, I'm sure they had these song, all songs recorded, you know, and then yeah. they slowly started releasing them. Um, and each one was kind of unique from another. But then, like, once you start picking up on the formula, I was like, uh, it's lost. It's like, to me, it's lost. It's like unique. Novelty. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like. Yeah. But you get sick of stuff really easily. True. That's very true. You're like, so I'm on one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not speaking yeah. for me. Yeah. Not for, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's very true. I mean, I've listened to Promises. I've told you probably. So, a oh, yeah. Same. There's, like, there's, like, yeah, one, yeah, there's two or three that I can listen to 
almost endlessly. The Bloods to the Blood is well, one that's of the them. Nice part when they're that long, there's like enough to listen to. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Feel, like Chris Tomlin, I love the dude, but like he loves like a waterfall. It's like okay, got it. You know, yeah, can't yeah. wait to do that course nineteen <laughs> times. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like in Mavericks, there's like there's like elements to it. It's like yeah. yeah, you can like a bridge and listen to it just for the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also like that the fact that it's spontaneous. They bring other songs into it, like older songs, old hymns, old hymns. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that's cool. The that way they cool. did it, yeah. it just sounds. They do a hymn on that album. Did, yeah, they do a hymn medley, yeah. which yeah. is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and that bridge is like generational gaps too. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, even that pastor from like three weeks ago, um, Pastor Ed. Ed Stepanowski, shuts out. Ed Stepanowski. Yeah. Um, we know he's, he's got to be yeah. upper 60s, right? Maybe. Sorry sorry if we're, we're putting you in a box. But I mean, it just it was funny that he was just like this old white dude um, that I hope to be one day. But he was this old white dude that was just referencing Maverick City in a sermon. And it was really cool, cool to hear like. He did like three contemporary references that I was not expecting. He referenced The Chosen. The Chosen. Oh. The Chosen is so good. It's so yeah, good. It's so yet. good. It's crazy. It's okay. Can I, can I vent I for a second? It's with cra- and we can't find time to get like two or three, you know, some time. Hmm. No, Mike, because he just like, he just, it's fine. I'm going to this one slide. Huh? What did I do wrong? Nothing. Good. Continue. <laughs> we'll talk about this off air. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So um, again, I so for my background for missions, it's it, it's not uh, super strong. Uh, the only time I've been overseas for missions work was when I was sixteen, which was now, which is now thirteen years ago. I did a, a two week trip to Tijuana, Mexico, and that's it, called spring break. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's Cancun. Wow. Nah. <laughs> it did not feel like that. I'm just kidding. A lot more guns and poverty, um, but the uh, so other than that, the only type of anything like. It's local, like the Haitians come here um, for work and they go to the church on the farm and all of us have kind of served there together. So I have a, I have more like thoughts that aren't grounded in experience when we talk today. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, Joe, t- tell us what you've done. Well, first of all, to clarify, I think, I think missions gets this like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A rap? Uh, no. Like a reputation. Keep going. We'll get there. Type thing. Uh, kind of, but yeah. So it's like people think missions that immediately think like if it's not overseas, it's not missions. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Where it's like the church on the farm thing is absolutely missions. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, like the breakfast club on on Saturdays. That's. But you you're know, right. I'm not you're saying right. I'm not saying you don't know that. Right. I'm just saying like I'm people think missions and like really, oh no, I haven't really done any missions. Then so, I have okay, less well, overseas have ever, mission experience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. yeah. I feel like whenever we start, we're going to start talking about that today. That'll probably be where the conversation goes. Yeah, because right? that's. But I just, I just feel like when I when I hear people talking, they feel like they can't contribute to the conversation because they've never been overseas. It's like yeah. what's well, more than that. It's, well, it's, when I worked at Camp Palawasa, I consider that missions, even though I was I was technically paid. That's only reason I, I wouldn't. I was mm-hmm. I wasn't. I mean, it was like thirty cents an hour. But when I worked at Camp Palawasa, we're in another culture with another group of people for three months at a time, sleeping like overnight, yeah. Like, yeah. with the purpose of witnessing to the kids. Yeah. So I I would I would group that as missions, other than the fact that it was paid. You know, yeah. like I was making, I technically was making money. So I, I wouldn't like yeah, prove but, that. Yeah. I think that's got some merit though, because I think when I thought missions, it was like, oh, let's go overseas and like mm-hmm. help these kids and like do all this stuff. And I just had this like very giving like kind of attitude. And I think I found missions to be a, a little bit opposite of that. Like you can get paid to do missions because like living a missional life looks looks like doing it at work too. Okay. Right, right, you know? right. yeah. So like mm-hmm. just living a missional life is like your everyday type thing. So like however you live life is how you do missions as well. But I found more times than not that 
you go into like missions with this mindset of like I'm gonna give all that I have and like all this knowledge, and you had you had just end up receiving so much more than you gave, mm-hmm. which I think is cool too, and I don't think people realize that. Yeah, that's especially true on short term missions. Like yeah. which which brings back to we uh, the only time I talked to you about missions last Tuesday, I just asked like what you thought about sending money versus sending to, like short missionaries, like yeah. missionaries for a short amount of time. And you said the exact same thing, like short-term missions seems to benefit the missionaries mm-hmm. and long-term benefits the people you're going to see. And I thought that was, right? Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah, broad brush, generally, broad I would brush. say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. More, like, I would agree with that generally, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think short-term missions is more aimed to like go help the home church for like a week with projects where long-term missions is more about building relationships with people there to like cultivate some kind of community and get something started. Sustainability. Yeah, like with the ball rolling. But I think both are really important, you know, because you Mm -hmm. can go and build relationships and then you can have somebody come build you a church and now you have a place to cultivate relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's like they both kind of ebb and flow like hand in hand together to help each other out. Yeah. Yeah, I think short term has its place, Mm -hmm. but it's got to be done correctly. Because a lot of times, and they, like people smarter than me have studied this, like I have books at home, ha- the effect of short-term missions oftentimes creates dependency on the local people there, um, if not done correctly. Okay. So it. C- How so? I sorry, I'm, I can't understand. Dependency on the local people, like the people they, who are like there. The, correct. Like, and now every year, whatever the whatever the project may have oh, been, if it's okay. not done correctly, now every gotcha. year they depend on you, or it's, it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to, whatever their community lifestyle is for that summer or whatever it's not going to function if they don't come back and like okay oh so that I one see. week you know donate whatever it, you know whatever it may be it's so situational but it's actually a, more, a lot of times where it's like it creates a dependency as opposed to like you know like we were talking about the church on the farm where it's like we kind of went in where like in the beginning if we kept going with that way it would have been them dependent on us as opposed to like teaching them you know we're not teaching them, enabling but, them but, to or like yeah you know like raising service. up a, a, a native pastor and then now he teaches church on the farm and Pastor Vince will do like a three minute thing. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're talking so, about like about empowerment. So not right, sustainability like, versus oh, like I'm coming right. from here to give you something. And right. if I don't come, you're kind of screwed. Ex- exactly. But yeah, like yeah. I'm coming with tools to teach you. That way you can do it. Right, yourself. right, right. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Would, like teach a man to fish and a fish. It is yeah. literally that whole yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, which I think uh, when a guy that ran short term missions out of our church before I before um we do what we do now, he basically was working on I honestly forget what South American country it was, but it was, you know, they went to Florida one year for a week to learn how to build. The oh, huts uh, I think it was indoors. Indoors. Yeah. And like the rice and I was away at college and they basically had to make all the food they were going to make and like teach them so that every year they went down, they could continue that relationship and mm-hmm. like go down and have the skills ready. Yeah. And I think that was like a really cool way to go about it instead of just saying, all right, how many, how many construction works do we have? Great. Let's send them down. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is the need that we're going to pray for for the whole year. And when we go down, we're going to be trained to execute this task that they need. You know, I thought that was cool. They defined yeah. what they needed, mm-hmm. not the people going. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. But I think I think at bare minimum, even when it's not necessarily done one hundred percent correct, short term missions, at bare minimum, like show the locals that like we we care about you enough to come here. You know, we care about you. We're praying for you. You're not forgotten about. Yeah. I don't know if you feel it, but you know, you're not forgotten about. Like, and at at the very least, like you said, it's more for the person going sometimes, and that could give somebody the opportunity to see, hey, I do want to do missions for my whole life. Where maybe if they went for six months to a year maybe they wouldn't have been as open to the idea yeah like right. giving them a small opportunity like small steps into a bigger opportunity later mm. yeah i mean and the 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 question that 
my dad would always ask and was like kind of annoying about for our church was, all right, well, we just sent like three 15 year old kids to this country with like no skills. And they went down and they just like hung out with people. Like, mm -hmm. could they have used the $1,700 it took to send each of them to build, you know, fix the roof on a couple of their houses, right. you know? And it's a question I don't really have the answer to it. I guess it's a situational, but like, one, are they getting the love of Christ with that money? Because, you know, are they mm -hmm. are they going to yeah. see that being used as a demonstration of love? Or are they just going to get a check and they don't even know where it came from? I was but, actually talking to my mom about this the other day, about, like, my parents, about... um like our short-term missions and i said well what if we went to this country and we just focused on relationships rather than projects what would happen mm. like if i went to the same coffee shop every morning and there was the same barista there every morning and i just spoke to her and i spent time with her like what would that do rather than building something yeah and it was just kind of like a hypothetical situation but i always wonder i'm like the lord was focused really on relationship with people but then i'm like it doesn't it doesn't take the value away from also doing a project too. So how do yeah. you like balance both on short-term missions? That way you kind of get a little bit of both, like that experience of, oh, I cultivated a relationship with somebody in another country and I'm actually following up with them even though I'm here. And also like we built this thing that's helping like this community. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's like a hard question hard to question. answer. I don't have know? an answer either. It's like a weird balance of like, what is the most helpful because at the end of the day like you do want to you do want to help these people and you do want to give them something that's more than like a demonstration just the week that you're love. there yeah yeah, yeah and, and when the global i went with global expeditions when i went and their model was half of the day you were just in the community talking and half of the day you were doing a project so that's the way they were trying to balance it mm -hmm. cool. you know i don't know if that's still how they do things but it was the, the i was always in the, the first half of the day with soccer and the second half of the day was building Hmm. So you get the relationships and the task. Yeah, that is cool. So you know, we're 13 minutes in, you still haven't answered my question. What's your <laughs> what's your missionary experience? So we have, oh, have I forgot it down. the question. how did I how do we get off of that? I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Um we're about to do it again if we try to figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> like 45 minutes in, so tell us what yeah. um so as far as short term or long term? Short term, I've been to Haiti. Uh Italy, um, man, it's, it's gonna. It's hard to think of, off the top. Um, and th that's internationally. But I'm saying here we you know church on the farm and stuff like yeah. that. But um, internationally, Haiti, uh, Italy, and then long term was two and a half years in the Philippines. I feel like there's definitely in betweens that I'm not. Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely. Def I know, well, but Haiti, I think that's not one time. That's like three times when you say. You know, but no, it's one. Is it one? Yeah. Well, you're planning on going. There again, was a though. second one. Yeah, there was Corona a second one, it. and no, that was Kenya. Oh, Kenya, Kenya, we were planning. Yeah. yeah, actually, just saw him at the missions conference. Oh, yeah. The guy, the who guy was, was helping you. Well, the, no, the guy who lives in Kenya. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, the, it, uh, Philly just had their international like missions conference, oh. and he was there speaking on behalf of like Kenya and what's hmm. going on there. But yeah, um, it was weird seeing him again. But he, we definitely want to get back out there. Okay. And I mean, he he was definitely understanding because like. We were emailing back and forth, and all of a sudden, we just got shut down from COVID. But um, no, the the Haiti one was going to be scheduled again, but that was the materials that we we're going to we were going to do like a roofing project down there, and the materials they couldn't get the materials through customs. Mm. So it was like two days before we were about to leave, and Pete Pete was like, "Yeah, uh, we're, we would just go there and just sit there and hang out." Okay. So then we were like, 
then we then we balance that question like was it yeah. worth it to go and mm-hmm. you know I mean, who knows maybe maybe oh, it would right. you know but um all right so here's a question i'm gonna ask you that i'm gonna ask you in a minute so just okay. give you a second to think okay um okay. what is the uh, yeah you're gonna do both sides so what is one time where you're like wow god's really using me here like you remember like thinking of like i did this for this person i was gonna pray with this person like one story and then what's one example where you're like something's not off here i could be used somewhere else better you know? Well, what's really sad is I have a quick answer to the second one. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, have to think, I really have to think. What, um, that's true. I, so the f- just any, I mean, just any bless. Any I mean, blessing. yeah. So okay, I'm sure so there's the, hundreds. So the f- the first one, um, when we went to Haiti, we, we went in orphanages because because they're everywhere, and uh, we stayed in the orphanage for two weeks. But then, uh, towards the end of it, we you know we did Bible studies with all the kids because at the time it was Carnival, which is like crazy in the caribbean okay. and i mean it's literally like women walking around with just paint on and like say it gets wild right so we were trying to keep the kids out of the streets and we were doing bible studies with them but then uh we kind of did like a mini missions within our trip so with those kids from the orphanage who i thought had it extremely bad um we you know we made a bunch of sandwiches and we got them all packed and prepared and then we went to this place in haiti called la saline um and I've said this before, and I still stand by it. But that it's pro- if I've gone, it's probably like the poorest place that I could think of off the top of my brain. Mm. That's not like legit. That's not just like literally from like a military, like you know, I'm sure in Syria right now, like you know, there's yeah. there's but war like you know, war torn, war torn yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about like just in and of itself is probably the poorest area that I could think of. And uh, is this the place you were telling me they were eating, yeah, like the, dirt pies, dirt yeah, dirt pies, yeah, mud pies, and and that's they eat the mud pies because they don't want their kids to die on a full stomach. On an empty stomach, mm. and the mud pies accelerate the death. So when you know your kid's about to die from starvation, they give them the mud pies. Wow! And oh, dude, I have pictures of them. They literally make them in like boxes of them. And you got to know like this. I don't know how many mud pies it takes to die, but like you got to do the math in your head. It's like they yeah. need to make them in a mass quantity. Mm. It's not just like you know, oh, here's a random occasion. Let's make one. It's like they make, they just make them. Like wow. that was a lady's job. So I was like, you associated with and the pastor that we went. So we took these kids from the orphanage into this place. And their eyes were open and they were like, mm. wow, we've only ever heard of this place. And uh, I mean, these kids, these were kids like, you know, Haitians are black, right? So, but, but they'd have like red hair because their hair was, that's the first thing that goes when you're dying of like starvation, like, you're, like something by your iron or in your mm. blood or something. I'm probably butchering that. So don't hold I, me to that. Yeah. So, but like their hair starts turning red. So now it's, it's a weird thing. You see like a black person with red hair, which is not the most natural, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh it was just, and the pastor that we went with was like, just to let you know, some of these, cause we went more than one day. They're like, some of these kids you see today, you're not going to see again tomorrow. Mm. And I was like, that is what, that's like, to think about that, to know that as a matter of fact that you can just say it to you know, um, I was just hugging this one girl and you can just literally just feel all bones. Mm. Like it was just like the emaciated, like. And so you think it left an impact on the kids you brought out to see them? So or? I think, yeah, doing that Bible study with them throughout the week and then literally going from, you know, we're not just going to be readers of the word we're going to be doers of it mm-hmm. now let's take it to the street you know because I, i'm if i can remember correct i think our thing was in james and i think in james he talks about uh, i think our bible study was through james and james uh my drake filter just uh yeah uh, so in james he talks about um not just being well not just not just being here is the word of being doers but also talks about true religion is i think it's james true religion is you know the uh helping the widows and orphans yeah, it is James. It's right, James right. Three, I think yeah. I think that's where we were, and then we literally just did that. I'll show you my which face is crazy my because works. they were orphans, you know. So it's like, um, and then we just went and 
It was like a eye opener for everybody, really, because where I was, we were, and we, you know, we were like staying in, in the orphanage, so we were sleeping how you know how they slept and everything, and then it, it got even worse. Like so, I was like, geez, mm. and that just goes to show you how like, relativity, mm. like our minds would have been blown just in that one orphanage, and then you, and then you swing it over to the other place, and it's like, Jesus, yeah. these kids' Jeez. minds are blown now, you know. So, yeah. but so I think that was going for that one, and then for your second answer, um. What was the second? What was the second question? The question was like one where you realize, okay, like I'm, I'm probably not being used to my, like I don't feel like I'm doing much right now. So because I was in the Philippines for so long, there was moments of that, and because I, I've literally daily would ask myself like that question, like would it have been worth just sending money over? Because the amount of money that the U.S. government had to spend on me was I would seriously I would some days I would just do the math. And like I mean I'm I'm talking like having to get surgery over there, getting in a car accident, get uh j- um just you know just different things, being having being evacuated back home, things like that. With uh all those things when you add it all up, uh which I'm, I'm there's more than I'm not thinking of. It's like, yeah. man, how much money must that have been? And it's like would my school, my home school where I was, like, would they just have rather had the money. I asked actually one of my teachers that because it was I was so I felt so convicted of it, okay. and it was a common thing amongst like volunteers. But uh, I think it's got if, like if you're if you're harder brains in the right place, you got to have that in your in the back Thought of your mind. At some point. You got to yeah. be thinking that like because you know to, you do a lot of projects, but at the same time, it's like but really, if you tally up everything, they could have probably built another school if with the amount of money that was eventually spent on me, like. Yeah, for the reference, James one twenty seven religion uh, that God our Father accepts mm-hmm. as pure and faultless is this to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Yeah, right. James is like the only book that's hard to study because it's so black and white. Right. Yeah. And it's such a cool command though. Right. When you get to like, oh, you want to serve God? Yeah, and it, do this. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times, and there's like, like no butts anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> unless yeah. yeah, yeah. We have it's to. It's like, wa- no, just do it. Yeah. Like, Does yeah. that mean that you can have electric guitars? You <laughs> yeah. Know, like, it's, like, it's like you don't have to wonder about those things. Yeah. Wow. But uh, not so that. But not that does remind me because the end of that was talking about not being polluted. Uh, our big conversation to the kids was like what was going on outside the orphanage, like carnival was going on, and like you could hear it and everything. So we're trying to keep them off the streets. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, so just to not be polluted by the world, and then we're trying to make that put that whole entire verse into play. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So very cool. But the yeah, the, the the one, the negative one is just I literally thought it daily. It was like, man. But it would also be encouragement to like make sure, yeah, make sure your time here is well spent. Yeah. Cool. All right. Do you want, can you um just for people who might not uh, we've we've talked enough about ourselves for the past few weeks people are like no like uh <laughs> can can you just like talk a little bit about yourself too like like testimony anything sure so i my name is angelica i went to <laughs> hampton high school and i graduated in 2019 and i was praying and i was praying and it was like october of my senior year and everybody was like all ready for college and whatnot and making all these decisions and i was praying and the lord wasn't giving me anything so i was kind of getting frustrated with him i was like lord i'm gonna make an ultimatum with you and our youth group was going to like this youth event and i was like if you don't answer me by this weekend like i'm gonna go to this college and this is what i'm doing and i was like i don't know if you like i look back and i'm unsure if you can make an ultimatum with the lord but i did it and um 
after that weekend, I just knew that I was going to do the world race. So it's, I did the world race gap year. So they have a couple of different trips, but the one I went on is three countries in nine months. So 2019, I left in September. I spent three months in Romania, three months in Guatemala, and then I spent two weeks in Ecuador. And we heard like whispers of COVID, but over there, COVID wasn't really like established. It wasn't a thing. So on the plane from Guatemala to Ecuador, I remember it was like, oh, there's like this virus and it came from here and people are wearing masks in certain places. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, okay, we're going to Ecuador. And then all of a sudden it was within 48 hours. We were in the Ecuador airport, the Columbia airport, the Georgia airport. And then I was in the Philly airport and I was like, oh my gosh, like what just <laughs> happened? I'm home. And then I went from walking out on the street and like doing whatever I wanted to like, not doing whatever I wanted, but yeah, you know, like free. just going out places and eating out. And then I come home and our world's like on lockdown. So I was just like in my room or like in my house. And I was like, how weird. This is not what I imagined coming home to. And then after that, I spent a couple months at home and I went back with the same program to. What program is that? Uh, the World Race. And world it's race, under right. Adventures and Missions. But I went back with them and I did a leadership and discipleship school called CGA. Center for Global Action for five months. And then after that, this January, I left to lead a trip with 14 girls to Ecuador. So I went back to Ecuador and we got to spend three months there. So I've been stateside for about a month-ish. So, yeah. So now you're doing a podcast. Now I'm doing podcasts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we're all caught up. Got yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> so what, what's a highlight? What's like one one snapshot? When, I, when The Global Expeditions, they call it the snapshot moment. Uh -huh. Because when people ask, like when you get back from a missions trip, a lot of times you, you have like, 15 stories and they're yeah. all so meaningful to you and yeah. then people ask you and then like 20 minutes later you're still talking and they're like yeah. i just wanted to know if you like you did all right you know yeah so they were like just pick like one thing and yeah so you could talk more than that but what, what was a main snapshot do you remember do you yeah. have any um honestly the lord was bringing this memory to my mind and it wasn't the first one that i would have picked but we were in romania and our goal basically the three months was to evangelize and we're like fresh off the plane and we're just thinking we're going to like hit the ground running and like building stuff and doing all that. And um, the missionary host there, his name is Raul. Great guy. He is a doer for the Lord. Like he gets stuff done. And okay. it was just crazy. So he was trying to build up this church. We were handing out flyers and trying to talk to people. So in Romania, they're only like 30 years out of communism, I think it was. So um, older people were uncomfortable with freedom. And they didn't know how to live in it. And then young people were like off the wall because they were just like, oh, my God, freedom. Like, this is so cool. Okay. I can do all these things. So it was just a very polar opposite. Wow. That's something that's very unique. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was strange because you'd see like young people walking around. They had like blue hair, all these tattoos, wearing whatever they want. And then like these really older people like wearing like the little sweater vest and they like be to themselves. So it was like two different worlds in the same country. Um so on days that we had translators, we would speak to the older people because they only spoke Romanian. And then on days that we had, um, we didn't have translators, we would speak to the younger people because they learned English in school. And this one time I'm sitting with this kid and he had like white hair and he was like wearing a cool silk black shirt and Converse and all that. And he was like real cool. And him mm. and his friend, they like rapped really fast. So they would like rap for us. We'd be like, hey, can you like rap really fast for us? And we were just sitting with them all day in the park. And then I saw this tattoo he had on his forearm and it was like Chinese letters. And I said, 
what is that? And he said, it says depression and this is what I'm marked by. And I, I was like, whoa, like I didn't expect that answer. I was like, oh, like, you know, people get something like hope or like peace or like my name yeah. in Chinese. It means water in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's cool. And then he said depression. This is what I'm marked by. And that day we just sat with him and I was like, you don't, you don't actually have to be marked by this. Like, I know this is on your body, but it's further than that. Like, this doesn't have to be a mark on your soul. Mm. And he just kind of looked at me and we just like shared that whole day. And then after that, he left. And before he left, he was like, today I was not marked by this. So oh, thank you for cool. that. And I just remember that. And then we like met up with him and just kept cultivating a relationship with him. But that was just a moment that I was like, wow, like the Lord is using us here in Romania. Romania is hard. They call it like the graveyard for missionaries. So it was just like a lot of hopelessness. Like you feel it when you land mm -hmm. and you're just like going to like evangelize. You just feel that presence of like, oh, this is life's hard here for yeah. missionaries. So it's just cool. And they're like growing and I follow them on Facebook and it's just really cool to see how that church is cultivating. There. So you planted some seeds in a dark place. Yeah. You know? It's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, a decent highlight. Mm -hmm. All right. So what, so, I mean, I'm sure you, we'll get to more, but like, what's, what's a, what was like a hard thing that you went through? Like a certain place that didn't receive you well or like um, anything. Can you think of anything where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing a lot of good here, you know? Yeah. Um, also in Romania, Romania was like <laughs> the first three months of the race. And it was honestly, Guatemala was my favorite country from the race. But Romania, we just learned so much. And it was through the ups and the downs and the boring and the like kind of how he said we sometimes we just sat there and didn't do much and it was like what are we doing here like why why are we just sitting here like and then it was like the first three months so we were just ready to run and like sprint and then we were like slowed down to a halt but one of the days we went to our second month there we went to another town and it was about as long as like bellevue like the street okay yeah so there was like one grocery store one place and they sold shawarma so oh good. Oh my gosh, shawarma's so good. Shawarma's so good. And they put fries and stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh. So we got shawarma like every day. I can't and chime in. I don't know. No, it's like kind of yeah. like a, I say gyro. People say gyro. It's gyro. Yeah, I don't know. But it's kind of like that, but. With fries in it. Yeah. That's really basically it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's super good. Okay. Super good. People were really nice there. It's usually like the Mediterranean, like the whole. Because mm -hmm. I had, a, um, I feel so weird trying to say it like, like, you know, but in, in Greece, I had one and it was really good. Yeah. yeah me Athens. too. Yeah. yeah. But that was, yeah. Didn't have fries though, right? No fries. That was probably just yeah. But there was a cat yeah. that was licking me while I was eating it. Nice. A cat? Yeah. It was a cat. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, it comes with, it, it comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my, I didn't think it would be that good, but apparently like it's like pork is this and whatever, and at least in Athens was like, does the only meat you could get in them. Yeah. Um, and it was just really seasoned really well. It was, it was all it was, was just the pork in a yeah. roll. There was no yeah. like, here you get like, like ranch and stuff in it. They put like a lot of like, yeah. like white people things. But when was, I went to Greece, they put this green sauce and it was really good. I don't know what the green sauce was. The guy there didn't speak English, but we just kind of like pointed and he was like, all right. Yeah. But anyway, um, we went to this little town and it was called Dragonish and a lot of the gypsy people live there. So like, you know, dark hair, dark skin, and they wear the long dresses and have like the gold, hmm. you know, like that movie, the hunchback of Notre Dame or something yes, like that. Been a long it's like kind of like yeah. that. And, um, 
They just they like, need to remake that, by the way. Yeah, they do. Like a live action. That'd be yeah, cool. That'd be, that'd, that'd, that'd be somebody, cool. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I mean, you like make them look like that. You <laughs> yeah. just, they did like the guy in Three Hundred, more than true, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those the gypsy people didn't. Well, they call them Roma people because gypsy is like rude, derogatory. Yeah. yeah, but um, they didn't take to us too well. Like they would just look at us and kind of be there. And they always said, like, be careful when you're going to the store because they like to pickpocket you and you guys are like kind of like the target audience for them and stuff like that. And it was hard to be there. We were only there for a month, but like we got sick beyond belief. Like it was ridiculous. Probably only one person didn't get sick and we were throwing up like every hour on the food hour. poisoning or just a virus. I don't know. Honestly, I like I don't even know what it was, but we were just like getting sick. They think it was black mold in the house that we were staying in, but we don't know. And then there was a lot of times where we were just doing these like weird things. Like there were maybe two days where I felt productive and like we were clearing out rocks from the lot of the church next door. That way they could build there. And then there was another day we did like kids ministry. Mm. And the rest of the time I was just kind of like, what are we doing? Like, and I really, I look back during that month. It was hard because we were trying to find stuff to do. Mm. and to be helpful and we're also trying to like be out on the street and kind of like make ourselves not known but just like in a spot where we could evangelize but that wasn't even an option um so it was hard but i look back on that month and i'm like i think i grew the most that month with the lord because we just spent so much time together i was like lord you're you're all i have today yeah and we don't have much to do but like I can spend time with you here and that, that means something. And, um, I learned a lot about just like praying over places and that time too, of like, okay, these people don't want me to pray for them. I'll pray for the place that they live and I'll pray for the streets that they walk and the stores that they go to. So that was just something different that I never really mm. thought about before. It was like, Oh, pray for places. Like that's so weird, but the presence of the Lord does occupy spaces. So it's just cool that we got to do that too. But yeah, it was so hard because I was like, why don't yeah, they like sometimes. us? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're going like with that, like that, all that joy of being like, I can't wait to change things, yeah. you know, and like deliver yeah. Christ and it kind of hits a wall. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the, the only one I can, uh, the again, because I'm reaching back, but the only story I remember vividly about Tijuana was there was uh, when I went down, basically I had problems with my contacts and I, I was like blind for like three days. <laughs> and uh, when I, I was only 10, it was a 10 day trip. When I first got down there, I slept with my contacts and apparently when there's no humidity, your contacts turn into little razor blades. <gasps> and then so I, when I woke up the next morning, it was like blood crusted. My eyes were. Oh, um, my God. And so I, my eyes healed pretty quickly within like a day, but I couldn't I didn't bring glasses because I was really well prepared. And I didn't bring <laughs> an extra set of contacts either. Oof. Um, so I was like couldn't see for the, the, the whole trip. And um, I was I'm like pretty blind without my stuff. And I just being, I was pretty bitter about it because I'm walking at that point. It was the, one of the most dangerous cities in the world, and I'm walking around like I can't see. And I said to trust this dude I'd met before I was blind to like walk me around. It was a super nice guy who I still keep in touch with on Facebook. Um, but I remember the long story short is after at the end of the trip, I saw like um, I was we were sitting around praying about like God give us people to to speak to um, after we'd finished building the house, and and I went on a um, well my the guy who was with me started walking me around. And I was like, oh, like for some reason, I just, I, I think we should go this way. We went up to like the side of a mountain. And then I was like, there's something like, there's a, it looks like there's a dude in orange up there. Let's go talk to him. 
And uh, as we got like when I got like ten feet away from him, I realized he was like he was wearing a prison outfit. Like he was wearing like that. Like he had the number on the that thing, oh, and he had, he had his, he was missing an arm, and it was tied, and it was blood like into the knot of the thing. Wow. And then uh, talking to him, he had just escaped from the prison that was like right outside of the deal. He, he had to cut off his arm to get out. Oh wow. Um, and the guy that was with me was like speaking Spanish to translate, and uh, we got windows to him, and he was crying, and like we gave him a Bible, and like I just came across, and like the, again, like I'm not gonna say that that day, like. You know, I don't know where his soul is. And like, you know, I, I just the fact is God made me blind. So I would talk to him because like I wouldn't have gone up to an escaped prisoner with one arm right. at, when I, when I was at a distance, when I was in a strange yeah. country where I was intimidated. That's cool. But God was like, you know, I'm going to take away your sight for like four days so you can give this guy like a seed, you know. Wow. And that was a lesson I've carried from like since then. It's just, you know, sometimes that was a blatant example of something horrible happening and God purposely like purposing it for his glory. Yeah. And it was just a lesson I've carried for when things are really bad. Yeah, but yeah. no, that's a huge, like, because I feel like people will get intimidated to even talk to people or whether it's right here in town, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or, or missions, I feel like people get intimidated, but it's not our job at all to bring somebody to Christ or anything. It's, we were just, our job is to plant seeds. He does the watering. Yeah. So if you just, that's all you got to, it, it takes a lot of weight off your back. It when does. You realize you, all you got to do is I carry that weight a lot. Yeah. Like when I shouldn't. But then, For also sure. from the other perspective, yeah. if you do eventually like lead somebody and they accept Christ, there's an arrogance behind that because it's like you didn't yeah. do it, you you didn't do anything. And then really, you try because, to be like, well, you try to replicate it, like I can do it to the next person, and the next right. person's got a whole different soul, right? Know? Not that, but yeah. it's like it could have been a lot of different seeds planted. So like, true, uh, uh, you were just a last seed, right? Exactly, yeah. So people yeah. would be like, I led somebody to Christ. It's like, well, he was on third base. You just hit him in. You know what I mean? Like somebody hit him the first, somebody hit him the second, somebody hit him the third. Like you just hit the got the last hit. Like that was all. So it's like, what? Sports ball, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. It just takes a lot of weight off. Yeah. Um, is your mom's name Denise? Yeah. She just favorited our podcast. So oh, really? Nice. Shout out to Denise. <laughs> yeah. That would be great if this was live, but it's not. I know. <laughs> She'll listen to it next yeah, time. Yeah. She just favorited it, so she's going to listen to it. Yeah. Tell Natalie to do her homework. <laughs> um, cool. I mean, so for missions, long or short term, what would you tell, like – someone who like wants to get involved like how would you help like a younger person or anybody who is like hey i'd like to get involved in overseas missions would you tell them to pray about it talk to people who have done it or try to get involved with local missions what did you, you said overseas specifically i get either or i would say yeah overseas like they, yeah. Said, they said they have a heart they want to they want to talk to people overseas they want to spread the love of christ long or short um let's start with short say they want to do a short-term missions um, I'm actually taking a group of 23 high schoolers to Guatemala in a couple weeks. So I'm, I'm super excited, but I think something in that I would say to young people just wanting to get their feet wet, I definitely would say start with short term and like, see if it's even something you like, like, are you petrified of planes? That that's a big factor. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that, but we were on a plane to Romania for eight hours and I was kind of antsy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, can you actually last on a plane somewhere just like logistical stuff like that? But also I don't want to say, are you ready type thing, but are, do you have like mentors in your life that are speaking into you and just like giving you life and helping you out? And like, have you like done your research, you know, look around what's available to you. Um, what are like your church? Does your church do different short-term things? Are there programs that you can go with? Like there's YWAM and the world race and there's all these different programs that people can go with. So, um, if you're going with a program, 
are those the things that you also agree with and things that you like want to come alongside them with? Um, so just stuff like that. But I would definitely say if you want to do it, go for it. Like don't let anybody think less of you because you are young, but like be an example in your faith. I think that's first Timothy something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So can, can you speak to that a little bit? Cause I know we, um, we were talking last week, you mentioned that because you were pretty high ranked in your class, right? Like yeah. You, what, what, you mind if I ask what your rank was? Uh, I don't remember, but I know it was pretty I, high though. It wasn't, you were in like top, you know, top, top yeah. few in your class. Yeah. So you were like known for being the, one of the smart ones taking uh-huh. smart classes. Yeah. And one of the teachers, when they found out where you're going overseas was like, why are you wasting your brain? Yeah. Like on, on doing like missionary work. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that was not that easy, you know, to hear or, yeah. or did he just brush it off? Cause you knew you're that confident. No, it wasn't easy to hear and it also wasn't easy to do i'm like one of those people that love school so i love to learn and sacrificing that for the lord was like my honor to do that and it doesn't it didn't feel like a sacrifice i was like okay like we'll get to this whenever you want me to get to this but mm. like hey lord don't forget that i love school you know yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. don't forget like keep it in the back of your mind i would love to go to school but it was my joy like to give it up, quote unquote, mm. to do something for him and with him. It wasn't like he sent me out there and then just dropped me in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, well, forget you and your dreams and all this stuff. And you thought this was going to be so cool. Bye. Like, you know, it was like, OK, thanks for doing that for me. I want to take you here for this time period. And I want to do this with you before you get there or before yeah. you maybe never get there and do something else. So I think especially like now in this culture that we live in of like college gets you everywhere and the best job and the most money and this, that, and other thing, not necessarily true, but I don't, I think we tend to have this poverty mindset of if I don't go to college after high school, I'll never go and I'll never have X, Y, Z, you know? And it's like, that's not true. We have a lot of time. And I think that's a different, that's Mm -hmm. another thing that we just don't think we're like, Oh my God, we never have enough time to do all these things. Like, well, maybe there's some things that you need to weed out, you know, because if you don't have enough time, then where are your priorities? But that's a different conversation. But for me and like young people, I always encourage them to go because it's a different perspective. It's a different type of life. And it's something that they can do here, you know. So it's not like, oh, you have to go overseas, but just try something here or try something over there. It doesn't matter. But yeah, that'd be my soapbox about young people trying things and not worrying about the time that it's taking off your college experience or off your successful job, you know, white picket fence type thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think there's a lot of things you said there that I could, you know, respond to, which is, it's, it's all good stuff. I, the idea of like having a mentor and being poured into, I think is mm-hmm. important because if you, you have to be poured into before you're pouring out Yeah. and you know, just like simple things, like, can you share the gospel? Yeah. Like if somebody asks you, you know, who, who Jesus is and you yeah. can't answer that without not to be mean, but without stuttering and giving like all these obscure verses about, you know, these yeah. random things like, you know, liars burn in hell from Revelation 21. It's like, it's not, <laughs> it's not relevant to the gospel, you know? Yeah. And uh, there, there was a Sunday school. There was a guy that used to, when my dad used to teach Sunday school, he was sitting in on Sunday school for like a year watching my dad teach. And then my dad was like, I, I have something I got to do um, one Sunday, get something done. Can you lead? He's like, oh, I can't do that. I can't. You can't lead Sunday school. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? And he's like, well, can you tell me the, the gospel? And he just couldn't, he couldn't recite it, yeah. you know? And that's, that was like kind of, okay, being poured into, but your, your goal there is to create relationships 
help them physically, but ultimately give them this meet their spiritual needs. Yeah. And if you can't do that, it's a big deal. Yeah. There's this guy that does a teaching with the world race. So before you actually leave for any trip, you get like training. Mm. So you go to like the camp in Georgia and we tent camped for ours for 10 days and, you know, took bucket showers and every day was a different food style from Africa and all this stuff. Sometimes we use our hands. So it was really fun. Um, I liked it. Some people didn't, it was really hot. It was like the middle of July, but I liked that. (laughs) Um, and he gave a teaching and he basically asked everybody, what is your truth? And we were all kind of like, what is our truth? And then he was like, well, truth is a constant. So what is it? He's like, what, what are you believing every day? And I was like, Oh crap. Like I just (laughs) never thought about that. And it was never put to me that way. But then he was like, well, truth is a person. His name is Jesus. He came with grace and truth. And then he started connecting all these verses and my mind was just blown. And I was mm. like, that's cool because like that's his gospel. And it's just like straight up verses. And I just thought that was so cool. But the yeah. way he said it didn't make me feel like, oh, I need to know all these verses to like recite the gospel. It was just like, what is my truth? Like, what are things that I believe about the Lord and mm. know about the Lord and know about what he did when he came here and what happened when he left and what will happen when he comes back? So it's just like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like the, like the pressure's off, you know? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I definitely would be able to, but there's definitely ways I could refine. Like, I don't want every time I share the gospel for it to be some kind of rote message I've memorized. Yeah. At the same time, I want it to be personalized to people I'm talking to. Yeah. But it does help having some points. Yeah. You know, kind of memorized in the back of your head. Be like, I, I know this thing would that would hit me hard if, I, if it were said to me, you know, in their situation. But yeah, so what do you... What was my question to you that I asked like 20 minutes ago? Oh, this uh, advice? Yeah, advice. Oh, yeah. Um, mine would be if it was short-term missions and they're, and they're thinking international. Well, I would definitely you know judge based on the person asking me, but um, I don't know. I'm very – like I, my first thought is usually pessimistic. So, <laughs> so like, but also, also like, realistic. Like you want to hit him or something? No, like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so, so I, I would literally ask everybody, like, if if this is somebody that I know isn't, maybe, I'd be like, okay, what are you doing mission, missionally here? As far as like, you know, are you do, making you sure that you don't just want to do it just because you want to travel, travel or yeah. you want to post on Instagram, look at me, like what? I, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, all true. those things. I'd be like, well, do you do missions here first? Do that for six months, a year, see if you like that, and if that doesn't bring you joy then you're not going to want to do it when, when you don't like the food, when you don't like the, mm. when it's a million degrees That's and there's no advice. air condition yeah. and there's no, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not going to want to, you just, check, basically I would say is check your heart. Like everybody's got to do that yeah, as an individual, broad brush. I'm not going to judge one person, but I'm, I would tell everybody like, what's your real motivation behind doing it? Because to me, the most effective thing in missions, whether short or long, is the suffering with the people. Mm. Like, mm. that's why I like long-term better. And I mean, I think everybody does. Nobody's really arguing that, but like, long term is one hundred percent better because they're so used to even people here. Even like when we do, you know, Atlantic City or, or or Camden or whatever, like they're so used to people just coming for like a day, a day and never coming back, mm. or like you know, feeling like they need to for that one day because they want to feel better about themselves and never. They're so used to people never coming back. Inconsistency. Yeah. So when you're with them daily and you're and you're living like them and, and you're, they see and you're, that you're suffering and they see that you're suffering with them and you know it's like then they're like. Okay, this this guy or this girl—they're just—it's different. Yeah, you actually care because you could at the—I'm sure you could have raised enough money, like you could go, you know, at that hotel over there at the end of every day, you know. But like, you're choosing to live how we live, like we live. So it's like you want to connect. Yeah, yeah. The 
the movie that I'm thinking of while you're talking, I know this is like a secular reference, but the Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, old, it's old, right? And oh, about wait, running? No. No, sorry. There's a, a young Jamie. Can you look that up? The uh, It's a movie with Kevin Costner and it's like a cross country and he goes basically to like a, a, a minority Hispanic uh, high school. Is it McFarlane, USA? McFarlane, USA. Yes, I and love that movie. It's a good movie. They showed it, for, I think, at the high school at one point for like yeah. one, of the, one of the movies. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I was I, there I was, for that. I was, like, I, was, <laughs> I was like weeping at the end. But like yeah. the, the lesson I took away from that was that they weren't respecting the, the guy at all. And then because in the morning they would wake up at like four in the morning they'd be working on the fields picking like what was it, yeah. like it was like cashews or something it was a little bit of everything yeah at that point. yeah and then they would have to run the school and that's why the team was so good at yeah. running um and so in order for them to respect him he just decided he was gonna take a couple weeks off from work and go pick in the fields with them in the morning mm-hmm. yeah and uh it was like he was dying too yeah, like they were, was like they were picking one on him. day and it was like the sun was over him and like the music played all dramatic and he had to like crack his back yeah. and give him <laughs> yeah. tacos because he was like 60 something yeah too. Like, he was pretty old in the movie and yeah. he was just showing them i'm willing to to meet you where you are yeah and then all of a sudden they start showing up for practice Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, within mm-hmm. a year, of course, they won the world championship or something. You know? yeah. yeah. But I thought that was like a, like kind of the same idea of mm-hmm. blessing. It's like unless you willingly suffer to show them you're willing to, yeah. then you're not going to build that relationship. I think I like that what you said, like meeting people where they're at. I think that's kind of yeah. like, like that's what it is, you know. And I think something I learned, like I did missions in New York. We went to New York City Relief Bus every summer during high school. And it was one of my favorite things. But one of the things they told you was don't talk to somebody standing up if they're sitting down. Because mm-hmm. then it's yeah, like, are you trying to see that, like, trying to present that you're better than them? Like, meet them where they're at. And I think that's, that's really one cool. of the first things you learn about the Peace Corps. In the Peace Corps? Yeah. Really? One of the first things is, like, get down to the person's level. Like, legitimately. Yeah. If it's a little kid, get down. Yeah. Get down and talk to Okay. Them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously not if you're teaching a class or something like that. But, like, if you're, you know, like, on yeah. the, somebody on the side of the road, like, if they're laying down because they can't stand, they're paralyzed, like, get down there with them. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. that's just the whole, like. I think I naturally the, do that. But. It's there's a I naturally feel that tension, right? Because then you feel like you're talking over them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a hundred percent of the time, but I have felt that. I guess I generally do that. Yeah. And whatever the percentage is, some high percentage is like of communication is nonverbal. So it's like if you're yeah, you know, and you yeah. already if, if there's the language barrier or not, you know. But if you're if there's a language barrier yeah. and you're talking, get rid of the barriers it. that you can't get rid of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Can't change also, it. you're American, so anywhere you go, it's kind of like flagged. Like yeah, oh, oh, they're American. Mm-hmm. Hey, like. Why are you talking over me? You're mm-hmm. better than me. So it kind of like uh, lowers that, okay, you don't think you're better than me if I'm sitting and you're standing over me, which is something I also found. It was like, hey, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You're American. Or, I'm just going to watch our news for a little bit and realize we're not any better than they are. Yeah. You know in fact, worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So this is a, a question that's going to be a, and I'm just coming off with these as we go, by the way. I have nothing written down. But it's, I'm just think, trying to think of what I would want to know from you guys as, as I'm talking. Well, like, so the question I would ask is, when you came back from any of these mission trips, any of these experiences, what most shocked you about the American church that you came back to? So if you got used to like thriving in spirituality and like the Holy Spirit coming over people and, and people coming to Christ by, you know, dozens sometimes and you'd be able to witness and you come back to the church maybe you grew up at or a church you knew and you just, it, it was different. Like mm-hmm. the, the, it's just different in yeah. a good or bad way. Um, I know I've talked to Joe about this with Lang before. I think we even mentioned a little bit last week too, Angelica. But is there anything that you were you were disappointed in, or? Yeah, but it's not it's not necessarily specific to church. But I guess, but it, you would you would hope it doesn't bleed into the church. But we're all human, so it's going to. But just like the, and then even when you're back for a while, like you eventually, it, it's so it, you know it affects you too. But yeah, but just like the. 
it seemed seemingly like everywhere I've been, like, you know, whether it was a mission trip or not, like everywhere I've been and I've gone to church there, it's just so much more joy. And I think it's because the relationship with God is so much more, it's so much deeper. Yeah. It's so much more because it doesn't have to, it can, it can, we can get through life absolutely fine without God here. That's crazy. That sounds crazy, but we can. That yeah. There's no dependency. When you have to worry, when, that hit my core a little bit. When you have to worry about them, when you have to worry about the next meal, you ha- you're talking to him guaranteed. You have yeah. to be. You know yeah, what I mean? So, wow. so, but if you're not, then it's like you have this fake relationship, and then with that comes lack of joy. That'll preach. Maybe not here, but that'll preach. Which yeah. is I know, which is which is I know sounds it sounds crazy coming some coming from a guy with like a shorter temper but you know what i mean it's just like it's just hard to when you're but i find like i'm not i'm not like that when i go over it's crazy how impatient i am with well-off people and how patient i am with people that are suffering because it's different mentality. like i have no patience for somebody that's just like driving in the car stupid you know what i mean but but if somebody's not getting what i'm saying or somebody's suffering like in a third world country the amount of patience i have is, is insane yeah. because it's just the difference of i don't know what it, it shouldn't be like that by the way i'm just yeah. saying i should have patience with everybody but yeah it's just like i've just automatically like switched to a different like mentality but anyway so it's like you know just the typical when you come back it's like how lack of joy there is in necessarily a service or just or serving how it feels like an obligation yeah where it's like overseas if they don't serve then there's probably not church that day you know it's like everybody needs to come together like the the you know the analogy of being a body really is their body like yeah that's so true you know if the foot doesn't operate overseas then they're not having church yeah. Because the foot didn't want to operate, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Dang. I, that's that's kind of how. Which is why I think I am involved a lot in service. Now, is my is my joy always there? But you know, it probably should be there more. So I'm speaking to myself here. But the the you're foundational. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying the involvement. It's like when you're involved. It's one thing to be involved. It's one thing to be involved with joy constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the, the foundational commitment based off conviction of where I've been is there. I'll, anytime the church is open, I'm going to be there. Mm. It's hard to keep the, the, the lack of joy bleeds in from the American culture. It's like, honestly, you don't even have to be back like too long, like before it just affects you. Yeah. I, I was listening to uh, Expositors Collective and they were interviewing this guy who was in South America for a decade doing, he was a pastor of a church. And he said, when he came back, they, and he was, he, I think Ohio was a church he went to and he was pastor in that church. And he said, he was like, very uh, charismatic, but not in a, in a way that would compromise the gospel or any like yeah. theology. He would just like, you know, when he would speak, he was passionate, he's sweaty yeah. and like moving around on stage. Mm-hmm. And he said like, he had to change because he was in any church he went to, he would just lose the entire congregation because he was just too much. Yeah. And he was like, but, but that, that culture and the way that God moved, it was just so exciting. It was hard not yeah. to get sweaty and move around and like talk yeah. about. And he's like, my theology has always been the same. My preaching, like my scriptural base has always been the same, but like I had to quench my fire in order to preach in America. Dang, mm-hmm. that's, and I was like, wow, that's that's yeah. tough to hear that the culture is that strong that I'm not even aware of, you yeah. know, that yeah. people have to tone it down. Um, but that's probably the joy. Yeah, right. right. The joy that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And like, sorry. No, no, I, but, no but like, like, t- like tithing is so much more important overseas too. Well, I'm, I'm, I was not more. It's important everywhere. Like, obviously, we can, yeah, you know, it, but, right. but like, it's, it's more of like a, when you are tithing, you're actually tithing or even if you're tithing time or effort, like. Um, one church I was in at the Philippines, they need to like for electricity, they needed to be able to pay it. So they would do like monthly fun runs. And like they would do like these like and like talent shows to be able to do it. But like they'd be doing these fun runs at like five o'clock in the morning because by eight it's already too hot. Like it, but it's like 
and look at people like overweight, not overweight, malnourished. You know, people. Everybody's just like, all right, we got this. Is what we got to do for the, yeah. you know. So it was. Just, it's just crazy how it operates. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what was uh? You, last week you told me it's been in my head since you told me the story about the the guy that you stayed with that would make sure before you did anything else in the morning. Yeah. He made you. Was that Bobby, who was that? I love Fabi. He was our he sounds cool missionary Fabi. host in Ecuador. He taught me so much about stewardship. Stewardship, such a big deal. Like stewardship and ownership. I, I don't know. He, they just steward the things that they have so well. That way, they're not using resources where they don't need to. Mm-hmm. You know. So I just, I just love that. And but, he told like, me what, a big did, thing about that. But what was it? He told you like you weren't allowed to do anything, right? Yeah. Until so you- like, if you weren't downstairs in the morning spending time with the lord you weren't allowed to help with breakfast you weren't allowed to do anything else before you did that and i just thought that was so cool like stewardship of time and just like where your mind is like that's so cool and i don't know i just love that he's my favorite that is really cool i mean mean, i was convicted by that after you said that in a good way yeah you know in the morning i don't do that just being honest, like I don't, yeah. I don't put time aside in the morning and I'll, I'll I can justify it by like a hundred different ways. If I, oh, if I if, you know, um, like I'm not fully awake, so I'm not going to remember anything, but mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be awake to, you know, to pray with your eyes open. I mean, you don't have to be like fully conscious to be able to, you know, yeah. that. So I, I understand it's different, like waking up at five and trying to do like deep theological study. That'd be really hard for me because like, I, I, I'd be like, I'd put myself back to sleep, but just like praying and spending time in the word is, it would be in the morning is a, is a great time to do. It. I usually, if I do, when I do do it, it's usually at night, like. Mm-hmm. After I put it, like my daughter to bed, and that's when I have time to read and pray. Yeah. But um, the morning is definitely better because it sets your head right for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. Like yeah. you're saying, you can't even, you're not even allowed to cook breakfast. Yeah. It's something so nominal until you yeah. commune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. No, I have a similar story about, I've, I've told Cole this, but but there was this, the first time I seen like, I seen a faith like this, where there's this girl, it's just like, it's really where I learned discipline uh, in the in the Philippines. And she would, she would get up four o'clock every morning and worship like legitimately do like a whole worship set by herself just a guitar and then like pray for like an hour because she had to leave so early to be able to get to school and then it just like everything and then after school it takes so much traffic to get home by the time you get home you got to cook because there's no order now you know you got to like, you got to cook and like make the rice and this is and that and then you worship again and go to and go to bed but you got to get you know so it's like the discipline like she knew there wasn't gonna be any time throughout the day and like things pop up and like this you know so so it took away all the excuses yeah exactly you nothing is happening at four in the morning yeah. outside of like a family member having a heart attack, like a, a rare incident. Like nothing <laughs> is happening at four in the morning. You're perfect time. Yeah. That's what yeah. Oh yeah. It's the best stuff. Right. So that's why, and that's the type of stuff where I come home and it's like, it's hard for me to like, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's like, say you're praying in the afternoon, but like people find excuses to work out. You know, it's like, there's, you have the same amount of time as people like Paul. You know, you have the same amount of time as people like Steven, like they all had the same amount of time in the day. And the, so there's yeah. no excuse. Like- I think that's something that bothered me when I came home was like the excuses. Cause it was like overseas, you're living with these people 25, eight, like more than 24 seven. You are with them all the time. Sometimes they're getting up in your business and you're just like, get away from me. I want some alone time. That's not an option, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you just learn, you just learn how to do the thing. And then you guys are worshiping and it doesn't matter because there's nothing else. Like there's nothing else that you're focused on because you're just there for that. So it's like, we want to worship till one o'clock in the morning. Great. Let's do it. Like we want to go to bed at eight o'clock at night. Let's do that too. Like it, it just wasn't a thing, but here there's just so many things. Like I feel like life overseas is just simple. 
you know, mm. and not yeah. in the way of like, like definitely they have hardships, but it's, it's a simple lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Where they're like, you know, you go to these villages, they don't have TVs, they don't have phones, they don't have X, Y, Z, like mm-hmm. they don't have gyms, they don't have all this stuff. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go work out. Like they're going to the farm to like work, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. lift these humongous bags of rice or like beans mm-hmm. or corn and like that's just what they do. So that's their workout, you know, but that's also their job. So I don't know. That was one thing that bothered me. Like there's just so much stuff here. Like there's just so much filler space. Just, everybody's busy. Yeah. 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 And something that my squad mentor told me is like, be bored. Like find out who you are when you're bored. I feel like when I went overseas, I had no idea what my interests were. Like absolutely none. Because during high school, I played on soccer team after soccer team after soccer team. I was class president. I took these hard classes. I did all this stuff. And then I get overseas and I'm like, I don't have any classes. I don't play on any teams anymore. So what do like, what do I do with myself? Like, who even am I? Mm-hmm. And then I had this That's crisis, cool. you know, and then it was like, oh, I like to do this. And like, I tried watercoloring, hated that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, it was hard. I just didn't like it, you know, but it was just, it's cool. The things you discover when you're bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good I, point. Yeah, I had another. Oh, base back to the distractions. Who am thing. I? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I mean, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have like a paintball with like painted with his face on it next week. <laughs> I mean, a paintball, a volleyball. Um, I'm talking to it. No, you were talking about the distractions yeah. in America, but like specifically that in in a in the reverse way. That's another thing about the church in America. It's like a, we're so easily distracted. Mm. You know, where it's like, we, no, really, it's like we we I don't want to say rules, but like so many guidelines have been made in the church because we don't want to distract or we don't want to it's like okay but you got to be able to worship through some things like yeah. you know i mean i've been to churches where it's like so the rain is so hard and the roof is metal so you legitimately can't hear anything but they're still worshiping and like and you know it's like yeah. but, we're, but if somebody gets up to go to the, go to the bathroom they, it's like shunned you know what i mean yeah like so many times people are like oh did you see this in service i was like i didn't even know that was happening how could how yeah, you how did like, yeah. listen to what pastor was just saying? Did you and and it's not said? gonna yeah, and it's like, not gonna it's, be like it doesn't mean like if somebody does get up and go about you. Like, okay, you look and you're back in a second. Like oh, all right, Adam had to go. It's and, you're, and then you're back and you're focused yeah. right. And it's like we make these things where yeah. it's like and probably I, I, IBS phones dude. and Stop like calling me. I'm just yeah, <laughs> well, like yeah, but <laughs> I like don't. um, I don't know. It's just it's just wild to me that like we're just gonna come a time. It hasn't been put in this perspective yet, but when we're gonna have to worship through stuff. Yeah, hmm. I think I think a lot about that, like are we going to know how to fight when it comes time for that? Because we're fortunate to live in a country where the church is kind of like, okay, you know, like I'm not saying there's any backlash from society to church in reverse because there definitely is, Mm -hmm. but it's not like we're doing underground church. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, but I'm just like, when it comes time and the church is being persecuted more than what it looks like right now, are we going to know how to like, pray and like read the bible and worship mm-hmm. like through the things that other people are doing overseas and mm-hmm. like stuff that's happening over there and i just think about that a lot because i think like what you said we do have a lot of guidelines yeah in church to make things comfortable yeah and i think that was one thing that i hated coming back home that everything was comfortable and i was just like why like why are we doing these things to satisfy our flesh like I don't know you know like we it, always say yeah. like that example of like oh we have the cushioned seats in church you know because mm-hmm. it's nice and like that's nice and like 
there's churches without floors and other places right. and like they stand up. So I like for me, and it was definitely very like, I just got off the plane and then I was like, Oh, like this is injustice. Like other people are doing things elsewhere. So there obviously for me, it was like, I need to find that balance of like, okay, what we have here is okay because this is what the Lord has allowed us to have. Mm -hmm. So like, let me be grateful for that. And also like my heart does hurt for people who like, don't get that same comfort, mm -hmm. I guess. So it was just like finding a balance of like, not tearing the American church's head off and not having grace for them because of what I've seen, but also still like suffering with people who do have less because it does, it is hard. You right. Know? But yeah, mine's not necessarily like, cause I understand that. It's like, we yeah. should, we, you know, if your church, if everybody ties and your church can get chairs, get chairs. Why wouldn't you? Because yeah, there's churches yeah. without chairs would love to have chairs. So if you yeah. don't get them, it would be like, you know, yeah, it'd be a slap yeah. in the face. You can't have them and you don't. That's like this wild. Yeah. So, but um, to me, it's more so the how the doctrine of it, where it's like in America, it feels like there's a doctrine of like being comfortable, like she was saying, where no, it's 100%. like when when it seems like just like when you read the Gospels and you read Paul's letters, it just seems like Christianity is is a doctrine based off being uncomfortable, and, you know, making your life not your own, and and you know, given to your brother, and it's just, everything is just dying to yourself dying to the flesh and not that being comfortable is a sin but we've we seem to have make it like we can't do things if we don't have this or we can't do that like like you said it's, it's going to come a time where it's like can you worship without your worship leader can you preach a sermon without your pastor can you read the bible without your pastor reading it for you like or can you do things for yourself is your faith your own yeah. type thing because that's eventually gonna have to yeah i'm trying to think of like the best worship i've experienced and i'm not talking about this music at all but best like most intimate relationship with God I've had through worship has always been when it's been uncomfortable. Like when, when, um, at Camp Palawasa every Wednesday was field Thursday, Thursday was field fest and field fest was basically like the end of the week before you send the kids home. And it was like a one, like really fun. Um, there was just like one guy on guitar up front and they'd, they'd sing like the same five songs been singing all week, but it was just like a celebration. You made it through the week and you know, you're sleeping three, four hours a night, sweaty, hot, the normal stuff you're you know your kids are annoying you all day and then you're you're sitting at field fest and like i just remember a couple times and it was the best the four years i worked there like the best field fest for when um it would start rain and we'd have to go to the tab up at the front of camp and if, if you guys know anything about like have you ever been to camp Palawasa or anything there's the tab is like this like uh it's like a barn and there's yeah. no walls and it's got screens on the sides so it's very it's outside but with a roof and um I just remember like two points to the story. One was how incredible it was. Everybody was miserable and it was the best worship we had. It was just, it was like the most, mm -hmm. everybody's hungry, tired, sweaty, hot. But like we, Jesus was the only thing we were focused on at that point. Yeah. And we were celebrating the kids the night before come to Christ through our, the slam night, um, through like the skit and, you know, just, just celebrating it. And that was really cool. And the second thing, which is really cool is at the slam every week, um, this is just a side note. And this is one thing I think is interesting about like spiritual protection over missionaries. Um, every week on slam night, we, they would do a skit and it'd be like a skit where like this girl, would, the, the, you know, the skit, it, if I just say the skit, you probably should know I what I mean. Like, it. it's like when this girl experienced all different sins oh, and then yeah, Jesus comes yeah. in and rips all the sins uh -huh. off her in yeah. like 18 different creative ways of five different songs, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like all the sins touch her with red paint on their hands or they put a rope around her neck with like a sign that says lust. Um, and like the kids were, so I remember the sermon, the, the one uh, pastor got up 
and he was feeling really sick that day and he like gave his sermon one of the nights and it was so powerful and as soon as he said amen it was like every walkie-talkie in the camp went off at the same time this kid on the other side of camp broke his leg this kid and like it was like guy was like almost like holding off the distractions and then was like all right done you know and then like all the things that girl in the corner went down with the seizure you know this and it was just crazy to see like i don't know that hedge of protection that was so visceral and like God was protecting it. And then, you know, eventually he, he lifted it and everything kind of went crazy. Um, but it was like that protection. Um, it was like pure worship. Um, I don't know. That's just like an experience that I, it, it was, it was every single Wednesday, every Wednesday, as soon as this got, the pastor said, amen, we were ready. Cause we knew something was about to go wrong. Cause it's Satan, like the enemy was trying to attack, trying to distract. And, um, like that night was always protected. And, um, before and after, like all the counselors would have to get together and pray that the God would, would guard that hour. And then, you know, afterwards we'd pray while the pastor was speaking to like continue to, and then as soon as the pastor said, amen, walkie talkies went off. Somebody had a heart attack on that stuff. Like it was like serious stuff every yeah. time. So we were like, it was, it was, it regarded heavily. And it was only real taste I got of like worshiping with a risk. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where that like, I, I know that sounds like a dramatic thing, but the idea of like, we are praying for protection during this time of worship. And afterwards we know the protection is going to be gone and something might go wrong. Mm. And I, I like a small taste of what other worshipers and other countries have, where if they're meeting in a basement around like four pieces of scripture, four pages, they have of a book that they had to sneak in and they're reading it. Like what if they, when they finish praying, somebody's going to bust down the doors and throw them in jail for it, yeah. you know? And, and that like, I don't know, just relying on the spirit and God to, to protect you through the study and worship of scripture was, is just, uh, it's cool. It's a cool experience to have, at least under my belt. Um, and that's local. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it's interesting you say that because something they said to us when we were like finishing up our time in Guatemala, Guatemala, one of my favorite places. It's crazy. Aren't they all your height there? They're all tiny, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they, they are little, so I fit in. But something that they said was like, God is the same here, and he's the same in America too. So like the things that mm. happen in other countries, that's not omitted Like when you come into like our country's borders. Yeah. So like healings that we see overseas, we could see here. And like things that happen overseas can happen here too. Mm -hmm. And like also the enemy is the same everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, cause like his purpose is the same no matter what country you're in. So it's like, I, I just don't, I'm like, okay, I get that. Like that's in my brain, but then coming here, I'm just like, well, what, why is it, does it feel different? Like, why does it feel different to evangelize here? And I, I was talking to my parents about this too. Like, how do, how do we make an impact here when it just looks so different than making an impact there? Cause we don't, we don't need to build a house here, you know, or like, we don't need to like provide transportation here. We don't like the, sometimes you do. Yeah. But it just looks different because everybody like in your church have that like pretty much has a house, you know, or like if they don't have a car, then they ride the bus or like, you know, so it's just, yeah. how do you do things? How do you have an impact? Missionally yeah. here. Yeah. And, I, and honestly, I've just been thinking about it myself. Like, what am I going to do with my time here? Because after this trip to Guatemala, I'll like start college in the fall. So I'm like, what does that look like for me? To like live missionally on campus. And Start like, learning Creole so you can come out with us in the summer to that Haitian, Haitian church. I but, could. Yeah, I fun. mean, not only, not, <laughs> not even just like yeah, missionally what does it look like here, but 
if you're if you're if we're thinking of missions just in like helping, yeah, then that's a hard it's a hard question. It would be more mm -hmm. individual based. But I'll, I mean, unless you go to some like Atlantic City or Camden when we go or um, stuff like that. But then you become, I would say, missions in America outside of those small pockets of places that do really need help becomes apologetics. The, the, the crux of the problem isn't probably in America. It's yeah. people not knowing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truth not being a thing anymore. Mm. People trying to squash truth. And like, so you got to, why is the, why is the truth? You got to be able to answer that. You got to be like all these, like to be able to defend your faith, I think is more important here where it's like in other places, people have faith, but they don't have means of eating and transportation and stuff like that. So now your missions becomes apologetics. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, and just living the yeah, you're right in front of me, and so it didn't matter that the mic wasn't. But yeah, no, um, yeah, speaking it would be truth, speaking truth, and living set apart. Yeah, because you can't speak the truth and look totally different than what you're saying. Yeah, um, which is hard to do because like even when you guys are saying how when you came back, it took uh, the culture starts to permeate you after a while, and you you might actually start losing like that pastor I was talking about. Like he's like, I have to, I lost my fire, like I don't have that anymore because it, when you come back, it feels dead, you know. Mm -hmm. So like fighting that to look different is, mm -hmm. is difficult, you know. Um, uh, well, especially when like we're, how we're, we're so advanced that like when I came when I came back from being overseas so long, I I deliberately went to the Verizon store and said I don't want a phone with internet. Give me a phone with no like just a flip one, and they're like that's actually more expensive. Yep. And I was like, what? I was like, so I can get it. I was like, do you hear what that sounds like? And he's like, yeah, it's just how they make the deals now, because they it's want like, you to. They want you, yeah. So I was like, and you know, I would. I had no money because I had just gone back. It's not like I had a, you know, so I was like, oh, I guess I got to go with the, uh, on the phone. Phone, no. no, but it wasn't even <laughs> that, but it was just like, I, it, it was like, they were on like nine. And I got like a, a five or whatever. And I, cause they were I like, yeah, it. This, it this is the yeah I, they were like, this is the cheapest one. So I deliberately tried to come back and just get a little, yeah. but they, they, it was like more expensive. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking what you said reminded me of something you said, what was it? Three weeks ago being in the I world. Said, not Yeah. 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 Oh. Being in the world, not of the world. What was the, the flip of what you said. Oh, we're more in the world than of the, what was it? Uh, oh boy. Sometimes now, I say sort of sense. What you're going to say is going to sound epic though. So why well, did that? I, I said that one, but then I also said the other thing about the culture where it's like, it's not our job to change the culture. It's our job to not let the culture change us. That's not what I was thinking, but that's My, good. The, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. that'll preach too, but I don't know. <laughs> we, we need to be in the world, not of the world. And the Christian culture in America is, of the world, not in the world. That's what you said. We're constantly about like about the American we're, culture yeah. we're and we're trying not to, actually right. trying to help and trying to be involved and being yeah. in communities. Yet Christ called us to be in the world, helping, building yeah. relationships, yeah. being part of people, not of the culture. Yeah, not a product of, of the, the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it was. He's all credit goes to Joel on that one. I, I don't remember. It. Just, I don't. <laughs> I just remembered it. Well, yeah. the hard part is is we're known for fighting parts of the culture that aren't gospel like if you know what what is the christian church known for it's only for what we're against oh absolutely yeah. we're only no mm -hmm. i mean just I'm just being honest like we're only known for our pro-life position and our pro two-sex marriage heterosexual yeah. marriage position right that's like that's all we're known for is what right. we're being we're against pro-choice and right. against homosexual marriage like that's if you yeah. were to know like if you see protest signs that's all i see from christians right um, but you never see anybody you never see any christians like protesting gluttony yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, that's, yeah. that same person that cares about health will sit in a McDonald's line. Yeah, it's like okay. 
No, like, I know. I'm just saying. For no, but you each, know, either I, way, like we're protesting no, I know. for yeah, what yeah, we're. Yeah, if yeah. we're gonna look different, like the pro message is what right. we need to be known for. So exactly. So we should right known for the love. Well, known that we have for the love for each other. You know, like what like one small example of it. As I was listening, we were talking um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, have you guys heard of MetaShare? It's that it it's that Christian familiar? healthcare that's advertised on Hope FM all the time. Oh. It seems like a pretty cool uh, idea, and I'm not like promoting them at all because I don't have that. I'm like I've state insurance, but the idea of it is basically um, you as so there's like a couple hundred thousand people that have, to have this insurance, and when somebody has like a big surgery, they put in for it, and then Christians choose whether or not they want to help pay for that surgery. Oh, like, so the whole group kind of like chips in. Yeah. So it's like a Christian community that pays for each other's expenses. That's interesting. And they it always gets covered. Um, I, I'm not sure the logistics, but from the commercial here on Hope FM all the time and Caleb, um, it's just that. Is it positive and encouraging? Positive and encouraging. Okay. Caleb. <laughs> um, and it's just basically that the Christians pay for each other's, share each other's bills. Which is right out of Acts, by the way. So, yeah. No, it's just, yeah. it's a cool example though of. That is cool. Countercultural, known right. by the the love we have for each other not expecting anybody else to take care of us and yet the the brothers and sisters taking care of each other's bills and it's it's a i, I mean if i did not have um state insurance which is comes with my job i would look into it because they apparently it's cheaper and better care than which is just such a strong example i don't know why it's not talked about on like you know fox or cnn as an example of something that's working and promoted because we hear so often about you know should the federal government pay for healthcare or not? It's like maybe maybe the church should be paying for its own healthcare. You know, maybe we should be using it as an example to other people um, for how. Well, it's interesting that you say that because if you go back to like first century, when you read like early church, like like the Romans, what they said in the first century about the Jews, I mean about the Jews, about the Christians, which were both you know Jewish and Christian, but they would say they would say like um, what they're not involved in and things that they're not doing. So they were countercultural back then, which is really got them what got them persecuted. But you know. They believed in one God. They wouldn't bow to Caesar, um, and they were always helping orphans and widows. Mm. Like that, if you, like you know, like yeah. centurions would write about oh, who are these Christians? What are they? Um, so it was like they were known for different things than we are. Like that's not said about us now. No, yeah. but it was no. weird is that we're, we're known for being anti-abortion, but we're not simultaneously known for being adopting Adoption. all these kids. Yeah, yeah. It's like so, are we really about it? Or we just want to complain. Like, and it's a hard. It's a, a tight. It's a hard tight rope to walk it's a tight rope tight rope because you don't we st i still believe in those values the bible preaches on those things oh yeah no, no. the bible teaches right, things, but it's hard to be like why are we known for those things specifically is it because the culture is making us focus on those because they're throwing those things in our face you know what i mean and we are we're just preaching but i don't know it's a hard it's hard to, to find to, to the root of it because we do want to we do want to that is a part of the gospel as a part of the biblical truth that we live it's there, yeah. mm -hmm. so it does have to be addressed. But all the time, <laughs> like yeah. there's right, other right. parts that we that mm -hmm. are more essential. Like, like uh, a friend of ours <laughs> often misquotes this part, but you can be gay and go to heaven, right? Right? You're not in line with what the God wants wants you to to be living. Hmm. But the but only requirement for salvation, right, is belief. faith and belief in Jesus Christ, right? And we believe as Christians we, that eventually would. The, the fruition of your salvation with Christ and, and wanting to be more like him would be to be more like what he created us to be and right. to not live a certain, you know, and to, the same way you we're working on getting rid of anger, working on getting rid of, yeah. like we would want, you know, all the, it's not like we get saved and all of a sudden we don't have those desires anymore, but 
when it comes to salvation, uh, I think a lot of times we focus the the church that we see on TV or the televangelists, they focus on the sins before they focus on the salvation mm-hmm. yeah. of the person and this, and God will work on the hearts of those people in their own time. Right. That's so interesting. I've never heard that before. Like yeah. the only one requirement is to believe in the Lord. Like I've just, I've just never yeah. heard that, but I think what you are saying is like true, you know, because it's always been, oh, well, that person's, they like choose this. So we don't really do, like, we don't really have a relationship with them because they think this or they do that. And I've been reminding myself a lot because there's so much division, just like in our nation period and in the church as well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think like one of the major characteristics of the Lord is unity. And I absolutely 100%. love unity, like hundred percent. And I just think like, why, why is it always like our first response is not always love. And I just find that so interesting. It's like, Oh, well they, they chose that. So we don't, we don't go over there. Mm. And I think our flesh is just so used to division that it's just so opposite for us to sit at the table with people that are different from us and then actually stay at the table for the conversation, no matter what it looks like. Yeah. And I just think that like, that was one big thing I learned in the discipleship school was like, sitting at the table with people that are just different than you to have a conversation that different worldviews, different perspectives, religions to have conversations that are full of respect one, but also like not like for the goal of winning an Mm -hmm. argument, but just for like learning and understanding. Because if I know what you know and I know what I know, then I just know more. Our mentor said that all the time. And I loved that because I was like, dang, like that's cool. And it just helps me understand you and helps me love you better. Like, period across the board, no matter what you think, you know? Yeah. yeah and I, I just, I mean, for context, I, I, you guys agree with generally what the sentiment of that statement, like you can be an alcoholic and go to heaven. You can be, oh yeah, someone starts with anger and go to yeah. heaven. You can be gay yeah. and go to heaven, even though those are sins that once that person is saved in love, we want to talk to them and help them work through and yeah. show them the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But like, why are we showing them the error of their ways before we show them the reason why that's an error? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even if you look at 12, Jesus, 12 closest people, they were, he got accused of sitting with sinners. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and they, had, they had all different walks of life. Yeah. A zealot, yeah. a tax collector. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fishermen were illiterate, you know, like, so it's, it's the whole point is to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have that one unity, which is Jesus. Yeah. Which comes mm-hmm. back to the fact, like if you, if any of these issues we're talking about, there's a very small amount of verses devoted to any of these issues. Like, oh yeah, not, I, I say small, but I guess lust and they have a lot like that sin has a lot because people struggle with that a lot. But the, I mean, the majority of the, the, the book of, I mean, the majority of the Bible is either pointing towards the coming Christ, the yeah. current Christ, or what he's now, now the death of Christ is doing for us. Mm-hmm. And those scriptures are not the, the main issues that we're, you know, fighting for. So I, I, I mean, the answer to all of it is just talk about the word more at the, yeah. in its entirety, yeah. not just the five mm-hmm. scriptures that fire up your little anger you know <laughs> so which is I- ironic because that is a sin in of itself i mean i guess there's righteous anger yeah, but you know so what i mean think, like yeah. like you're getting mad at someone else's sin which is causing you to sin yeah angry. so it's like what yeah. yeah well i mean the speck in your own eye mm-hmm. right you know or the log in your own eye before you look at the speck in somebody else's so dang yeah man yeah so we solved everything again oh. Yeah, Every week, man, we just spit in truth. Everything's done. Yeah. I've got this yeah. filter now. I'm ready. So what are you doing in uh, Guatemala? 
in no, wait, Gua- where are you going? Guatemala. Next? Guatemala. Yeah. So in Guatemala, we stay at the base with Adventures and Missions, which is super fun. It's really beautiful. And we're like 30 minutes outside of Antigua. So we really do whatever they need. So there's a bunch of different villages that they partner with. Um, I was in Paramos and Bani Maquin. So those are kind of big words, but um, we worked with a local church. We even did like a a nursing home. I don't want to call it an old people's home. It's kind of like mean, but we just like- Were there old people there? Yeah. All right, so it's an old person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, but we like sat with them and just loved them and played bingo with them. That was always fun. Nice. Yeah. And then we did like kids ministry up in this mountain. We would take a bus 45 minutes up a mountain, like a school bus. And it was like a dirt road. And you're just like yeah. jumping up and down for 45 minutes and you get there and you- you know, kind of have to get your balance, but we did kids ministry there. So that was always super fun. So yeah, we'll just see what the Lord has. But a lot of times we do ATL. So it's like, it's called ask the Lord. And basically you pray before you leave, you get on the bus, you go to the town that you're like going to, you pray when you get there. And then the Lord's just like guiding you through things. So one time I was like, I feel like the Lord's telling, like giving me like this picture of an open door and there's just going to be open doors today. So we're just going to walk by them and we're going to say hi. And like people in Guatemala are super friendly, the Hispanics. So, you know, they just invite you and they give you rice, like all mm-hmm. this stuff. And we're walking by all these doors and we're waving and we're praying for people. And then I'm like me, you know, being silly. I'm like, look at that cool fruit up there on that tree. So I throw a rock at it trying to get it down and like there's cars parked and I'm like, oh, like I'm not thinking. So this little kid comes running out of an open door and he throws a rock up there and it comes down and i'm like well he's a professional i guess yeah you know he's eating fruit off the street and then the girl comes out and she starts telling us the story and basically the mom was an alcoholic the dad was an alcoholic and trying to work and they left the kid with them and she hasn't seen them for like a long time and he's malnourished because his stomach is not taking up the bacteria so he's like got this really big stomach but then skinny like limbs Mm -hmm. so i'm playing with him in the street and we're throwing rocks at the rest of the fruit and we're just praying for him and i go back and like day after day to see them because this was only like five minutes and yeah that was just one of my favorite atl stories but that's something we do too tell me if this is true the the one of the guys that we used to sponsor as a missionary came back and spoke in our church one time and he was part-time in guatemala Uh and he said that the reason why people are short there are because it's so there's so the mountainous terrain uh-huh. has killed off tall people. Um, so he was saying that how? Be, the taller you are, the less center of gravity you have. I don't necessarily think that's true. No, it's just a freaking letter. I'm gonna call him after we leave. <laughs> I mean, kidding. I don't, I don't know, but I would also think just general, the higher up in the mountains you are, the more pressure there is. So generally. It is better, yeah. Like you said, to have shorter, less bone density, and everything. It's, yeah, yeah, but there's like better. it all kind of makes sense. They're all like generally it, it's, short. Yeah, but it's then there, but then there's people in like the Swiss aren't, and they got the Swiss Alps. That's true. So true. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, Kenyan well, I mean, people aren't short, and they got Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if they're all living on yeah. Mount Kilimanjaro. Like apparently, <laughs> no. But I mean, like the Swiss <laughs> people are. But I mean, like some of the tallest well, people are from well, that. Well, that well, well he was saying that like just simple things where when they have to travel to work, they'll have to go down like seventy degree angle like things, and like that they usually just, they just run down and like over the hundreds of years. Also, they do just... they wear these things like so. There's like a strap on their mm-hmm. forehead, and they carry the and they yeah, carry yeah. like like what you'd see a truck carrying on their back. Yeah, it's like your neck muscles, neck muscles are so strong. It's so, yeah. nuts. And that. they're just like, they're just walking and they're old ladies, mm-hmm. like yeah. old ladies. And I'm like, 
I want to be like that when I'm old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like old, you don't see old ladies here carrying that kind of stuff. They're like carrying stuff in their walker in the front basket, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. These people are carrying stuff on their back. But honestly, where I was, a lot of people in the mountains you'll find are like the indigenous people. So like the Mayan, the Aztec people. Because when the Spanish came, they like made them flee to the mountains because they were like the outcasts. Okay. So it's kind of like, I guess, their racism if you yeah. go with that. But yeah, so. Which which countries have the, the Nazis? Is that Argentina? Brazil? Yeah, Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. I was going to say Germany, but <laughs> I gonna, and then I realized what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Argentina. Nazi Germany. That'd be a good start. Um, cool. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I'd want to, any other knowledge I'd want to pull out of you. I don't know what, what it would be. How? Oh. Yeah, go. Go, Joe. Nope. No, no, no. No, I've asked a lot I've of questions. It's your turn. Yeah, but then I've, just good. So when did you, did you grow up in a Christian family and, and that's how you got to be familiarized with you know, um, get to know God. Yeah, for the most part, my family grew up in church, but a lot of times, like my like me, and my parents would go to church, and it was like Sunday morning, Wednesday night. But there was just so many questions that I had. I was like, "This can't be true." Like I, I had this little metal Bible, and it said "forgiven" and "living in a state of grace," and it was like First Corinthians something. Yeah, it had a metal case. So it was like a travel Bible. I took it with me on my world race and I dropped the thing so many times and it never got wet or damaged. It's my favorite thing. I still have it. It's like it. a canteen, but the Bible in it. Yeah, and it's like a little metal square and it's like That's small. That's crazy because we have so many iPhone cases, but no Bible cases. <laughs> I have a Bible case. Well, no, I mean, they do have Bible cases, but I'm saying it's like. Like how common? Yeah. Ubiquitous? I'm only going to pretend that my golf man. You can't talk anymore. <laughs> Ubiquitous. Dang. But yeah, so then I had so many questions and I just like, I like, I wanted to discover. So I was asking these questions like, why would the Lord do this? Or like, why is this guy in the Bible like allowed to be there? Like, I think you said it on Tuesday night about the prodigal son. Yeah. Like when he came back, I was like, how rude of the father to like give this guy all this stuff. And then I didn't understand the concept of a good shepherd. I was like, so they carry a staff. And I was like, that's it? Like they, they, and then it was like he knows his voice. I was like, so he talks to them by himself in the middle of a field. Like there was just stuff like that that I would yeah. think about. Like even now, I'm like, did Jesus brush his teeth? Like those are questions that I think about. Did he prefer chanclas? You know, like the sandals, or did he like chanclas. like close toed shoes? You know, yeah, yeah. like I just think about stupid stuff like yeah. that. But for me, it was important to have those answers, like to those questions. So I'd like ask people in my church, and then I got mentors in church, and then I just like started discovering, and that was just my favorite thing. I think that's why, like, I love this generation, too, like my generation, but also the one coming up, because I think they're a little bit different. I think they're searching for something, and I honestly think they're not willing to just be handed the college card anymore. Mm. I mean, for the most part, yeah, but I think there's some people that are like, I think there's more, and I'm like, yeah, there is, like, there's so much more, and there's more discovery and learning and just like revelation to be had and that could happen at college too but yeah hmm. yeah i mean i the only experience that i've had like the whole way i got roped in the short term the short-term trip was at like a concert they just passed around cards and i just kind of kept going but i would say too like another aspect of short-term missions which is important is like parents supporting it because it is scary yeah i'm sure i I mean i don't know what your dynamic dynamic is with your mom but and your parents but like my, um, I don't know why my mom let me go. Like I really don't. Like I did zero research. I called and arranged everything myself. I'd never been on a plane in my 
life besides when I was like a kid and didn't do it consciously. And she let me go. It was like really weird and didn't like check. Like she's not going to listen to those, but she didn't like check my luggage. Like I didn't bring glasses or extra contacts. Like that. she didn't check I, my she, luggage. Like, she, like, <laughs> like I was saying, like she didn't like, do, like yeah. ask any questions about the place. And I just remember her crying a lot when I was leaving. I didn't understand. And like, uh, it took a, uh, she must've known where I was going uh, and must've known it was bad, but like legitimately it's, it was the, it was the highest amount of, um, American arrest rate in the world. So like they just arrested you for being American. That's where I went at 16. I didn't know. I didn't go with anybody. Same thing with you. Right. You, you went like, you knew some people that you met up with and you went with a group, but you mm -hmm. went, you didn't go with like a friend or anything. Right. No. It takes a lot for parents to like let them go. Yeah. Like a lot of parents support for that. My too. parents were just excited that I was doing what the Lord had for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that was like, not the expectation of me growing up in church, but kind of like everybody was like, they would always be like, yeah, there's something special about you. And then I was like, oh gosh, that feels like a lot of pressure, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to do these cool things. But then it was like, with the Lord, you always do cool things, no mm -hmm. matter if it looks like a nine to five job or overseas missions, because yeah. like, if you're living life with him, it is cool, you know? So I just got to do something cool with him. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All right, Angelica, thanks so much for yeah. coming on. I appreciate it. Hopefully, thanks for having me. If next time you come back in the country, you can hop back on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is it? You have three months you're going away for? No, just a couple weeks. A couple weeks? Yeah. All right. All right. I don't think I can take high schoolers for three months. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a long time. Yeah. Like, even when I do senior trip, I'm like, all right, time to go home. It's been, it's been, it's been five <laughs> days in Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we will um, see you guys in our next episode, and have a great night. All right.